Being tuned in means making sure you can take us wherever you go with the Seville 1075 smartphone app. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning on a Ted's D. Uh, checking in, uh, we, we mentioned this story earlier. It's based on a tweet. And uh, in, in the pantheon of things I never thought I'd say out loud, uh, either on the radio or not, uh, I never thought I'd say I'm closing on a house that I'm going to own today, nor was I ever expecting to say, quoting from a tweet by Neil Williamson from the Planning Commission uh, meeting last night, uh, Neil Williamson of the Free Enterprise Forum is on with us. Uh, it, you, when you got into this, Twitter was not a thing, but it is a great tool to get messages out there. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Joe, and we are very excited to see you uh, uh, settling on a home and uh, wish you the best of luck in your in your new endeavor. And and now I can send everyone a flying F if I feel like giving them one. Um, <laughs> uh, what? Why, why is everyone looking at me like that? Anyway, uh, Neil, yesterday you were reporting uh, is the uh, new Charlottesville comprehensive plan discussions going on. And uh, bless you for going and reporting on it because I, I'm sure most people hearing that this was going on said, oh, hold it. Let me see what's on the paint drying channel as well. Uh, but this is a document that's going to impact development in the city for what 20 years it's a 20-year plan but let's uh let's not get too far ahead of ourselves we're at the the purpose of last night's work session with the charlottesville planning commission was to receive the uh public uh the output from the public engagement sessions um from the consultant as well as to hear directly from some of the public regarding the proposed future land use map which uh, hasn't really seen um, the full review of the Planning Commission. Uh, and once it gets done with that, there'll be a public hearing, and, uh, and it will require City Council to uh, approve it as well before we move to a zoning ordinance that would be uh, codifying, making law, the ideas within uh, the, the comprehensive plan and the future land map. And I think stonings are in there at some point, or well, it, it's just to say that we are um, not at the beginning of the end, but we are right now at the end of the beginning. So last night you reported there was uh, at least one resident of Charlottesville that you know, it, in all truth be told, really gave voice to what is one of the biggest issues with affordable housing. In which, if I paraphrase your tweet, he said, "I'm looking at this map. I see some high density housing in my backyard, and I don't like it." Uh, and and that has always been the bugaboo of actually coming up with some way to build into the density necessary for a, a city to have. Have affordable housing, isn't it, Neil? Well, the the idea that uh, density absolutely positively relates to affordable housing is true, but it is not. Uh, if you have density, you definitely will have affordable housing. But if you don't have density, affordable housing becomes increasingly more challenging to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've actually seen in uh, not so distant past where neighborhoods have tried to get rid of more dense areas duplexes over in Fry Springs, as I remember, was an issue that you were involved mm-hmm. in. Yep. Um, and it, it was the idea that renters are of less value than homeowners. And I just don't buy that argument. Um, it, is, uh, it, it doesn't follow. Uh, the concern also is 
once you're in a place, any change is hard, regardless of what that change is. True. And we have to recognize that to be the reality and work with people to determine how uh, to best move forward. We, your friend and mine, uh, Ridge Schuyler, and his uh, his uh, who's who is the guy that went out with Don Quixote, Pancho um, <laughs> Pancho uh, uh, Frank Scolacci, and the work they do at Network to Work is sanctified towards helping folks get training for better paying jobs. But at the end of the day, those jobs need to be there for somebody to do. Uh, the 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 housing needs to be available to that. Somebody brought up earlier. Uh, you know, putting, you know, affordable housing units in far-thrown parts of the community. I said, that doesn't help because people can't get anywhere from them. Uh, And, you know, we see time and time again, we need to see, you know, the ability of people to work at a salary level that also helps them afford the housing that's there. That's the other, the flip side of this coin, isn't it, Neil? It's true. Affordable housing, it talks about both the affordability and the housing, the affordability is impacted by your economic situation. Um, you're able to do things based upon your economic strata and the assistance that you may receive, whether it's an inheritance, whether it's public support, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's what makes it affordable. And then the housing is the actual product that is priced at a place that it can work for you. The idea of efficient delivery of government services speaks to density. Um, it's more, much more efficient to deliver government services in a compact area than in a diffuse area. So you see transit works best where you have dumb, what's called a dumbbell. You have a place where people are and a place where people want to be. Transit is the bar between. Mm-hmm. No, and that makes sense. And that's, you know, what you see. And as you, 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 that's why you want to have downtown areas because those downtown areas become that locus uh, for the workforce uh, to do what they do. Uh, Let me, can I hang on to you a little bit? Because this is, you know, one of those, it's not sexy, but it seems to be ubiquitously dogging uh, for public policymakers around here to try to, uh, to, 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 to try to get to an answer. Uh, for this, because I just don't know if, you know, the economic development is meeting the housing development right now. And we really need to be square on that uh, because 15, 16, I think the Postal Service is is doing a job fair uh, for people making $18 an hour to start uh, on Friday. And I still don't know if that gets you to a level of affording housing in this area. So can I hang on to you for a couple of minutes? You bet. Need to know what game is on tonight? A shot, he scores! Pitch, swing and a line drive, deep dive. Check out the full Seville sports schedule online at WCHV.com. Joe Thomas in the morning at Ted's D Morning and visiting with Neil Williamson, freeenterpriseforum.wordpress.com is where you read all his stuff online. But follow him on Twitter as well at Neil S. Williamson uh, because you get these reports like I was getting yesterday uh, from this comprehensive plan work session and, you know, chronicling what's going on. And, and I just did some quick math during the break, Neil. So the U.S. Postal Service is holding a job fair, $18 an hour start. 
if you factor that out by 40 hours in a week, 52 weeks in a year, that's $37,440. If I'm not mistaken, Ridge's last Orange Dot report said that's just barely over uh, making ends meet level in the city of Charlottesville and Albemarle County in abstract. Uh, so, I mean, that and that's considered like way over minimum wage. Uh, so we, the, the idea of uh, availability of housing also has to kind of match the availability of jobs, doesn't it? And the, and, and the two have to work in concert, don't they? Yes and no. The, the concern you have is when your housing market doesn't match your uh, work market, you have something that um, I, I've spoken about for the last decade. About 10 years ago, there was a study, it may have been 15 years ago, of Santa Barbara, California. And um, my uh, father uh, retired there. And he, um, it was a challenge because at that time, 30,000 people, commuted into Santa Barbara to do the service jobs. Mm. What that meant is your HVAC person is coming from far, maybe 40 miles away in California traffic. And that meant that you had to pay more for HVAC because that person had to come that distance and that was the cost. Mm-hmm. But that was driven by a housing market that wouldn't allow. Now, last night, very late in the meeting, uh, uh, Councillor uh, Lloyd Snook mentioned um, that the city, he suggested the city runs a risk of becoming Palo Alto, where the median income is $160,000. This is a median income, and the home sales price is $3 million. Um, I, I, I don't see that, but that's okay. That's where his words. Was it but aspirational or a warning? <laughs> I, I, I think it's, he said point blank that that's not who we are now, and I don't think that's who we want to be. But mm. the concern is, what are we doing to promote the diversity that we see as a strength in our community? And from what I'm hearing from some, not all, is that um, density is a challenge for them to accept because it introduces the challenge of, uh, they, they, they often raise uh, property uh, price increases or decreases, rather, because of higher density. And I, I haven't seen evidence to prove that out. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I've seen the reverse. It creates a vibrancy. Um, the Free Enterprise Forum believes in more housing everywhere for everyone. And that means across all price points. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what our diversity is our strength. The rental market has to be a part of the overall housing affordability plan. Sure. Rental Absolutely. market is critically important. Not everyone should be a homeowner, and not everybody wants to be a homeowner. Do we? And no, that's that's absolutely the case. I'm yeah. I'm I had uh, I, I had a conversation Sunday with a minister, an older minister, who she said I was so happy to move back across the mountain because now I'm living in a two bedroom apartment, and when it gets hot and I hear the lawnmower, I know it's not me. <laughs> well, and and here's the other side of it. I mean, my parents, when they sold their house in Queens, moved into an apartment. It was a single level, so that it was, again, uh, friendly uh, to that end. And you're you're absolutely right into that. Uh, I never thought I'd actually be the one saying I'm leaving the rental market. I was always, and I and I always will be the biggest advocate for making sure that rental uh, market uh, place is there. Uh, but the the 
it's not just a commodity when the government requires higher property taxes uh, to fund the the functions of government. I think of my gra- my mother in law on a on a, a, a fixed income, uh, even with the discount, pays you know f- I think nine times what a lot of Virginian Central Virginians pay in their property tax in the New York area. Yet she lives in the same way anyone around here would. She's got a house and she you know putters in the garden and everything. And I guess it's that that service side of it that's got a lot of people frustrated is that they look at it and then when the government says no you can't build new houses there um, or we want you to and they they do that plan that you told us about with Albemarle County and the affordable housing with the builders and you got to this rate and if we can't find any it goes back to market rate and it just seems like the more they try to manipulate the market the worse the market gets. Right, and, and, and market manipulation exists, period. But the reality is that if you do not have the supply of housing to match the demand, mm-hmm. prices go up. When when the the decision gets made, and, and again, to, to remind people, this becomes a document that they will point to 10 years from now and say, sorry, you can't do that. It's not the 20-year comprehensive plan. Uh, we've seen it happen before, Neil. Um, you, the concern I have is being a college town, and a lot of the city councilors have talked about the college partnership, uh, and the and the University of Virginia is going to build these uh, this housing and this workforce housing. Are, are we looking at a scenario where they're saying, oh, well, if UVA does it, then that's sort of the mass aggregate Virginia taxes going to build these houses, uh, and uh, that, that will sate the workforce housing? Uh, no. I, I firmly believe that uh, I want to applaud UVA for being a part of the affordable housing discussion. They are a part of this community, and for too long, they haven't been at the table. They are at the table. They're bringing forward ideas, and specifically dollars and, and concepts. That's only one part of the solution. There is a private and a public part of the solution that includes um, com- uh, that includes government intervention for the very, very low-income folks to make certain there's a safety net. There, it's, a, it's a huge number of things that need to be done, but the basic idea here is if you don't allow the housing to be built, what will you do? And that takes on a lot of faces, doesn't it, Neil? Because sometimes it's the cost of entry. Sometimes it's the cost of compliance. All, all of those things are part of it. And there are ways, um, you know, there are creative financing ways. There is the, the relaxation of tap fees. Uh, the city has done that for some projects. Uh, the county has not. There are different, uh, different tools in the toolbox. We wrote about this late last year um, that could be used to make housing more affordable, but it, ha- it requires a community, a community to make a decision. This is what they want to do and pay. There is going to be a political price for increased density. Yeah, and right. is that political price going to be an issue for the upcoming election or for future elections? And which side does it fall and who gets organized? Because, as I always say, elections matter. Right, and and often the, the one voice not heard in these debates are the people who would benefit from affordable housing. Neil, thank you for everything. Again, follow him on Twitter at Neil S. Williamson. You have a great morning, sir. Thank you, Joe.